Now, a video of a group of men in Southland rallying against the government has been panned for its misogynistic views. The men had gathered in what looks like a wooden shed, woolen shed perhaps, and were recorded introducing themselves and saying why they were speaking up. A short clip of their comments was shared on Twitter by Ranga Kemara over the weekend. Here's a taste of what they said. I'm here because things are not right. I moved here from uh, Hawke's Bay and I did that specifically to be part of this revolution. I'm a fisherman, family man and a southern bloke. And I think a lot of males out there know things aren't right. So I'm here to look look after the woman. The southern men have got to stand up, we've got to be counted. Um, Most of the, we go to these protest rallies, they're all women. If you call yourself a man, it's time to stand up, it's time to speak up. We're our our men, we're our builders, we're our rugby players. Where are our farmers? I want to call out all the men. So if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Our our wives are falling and are struggling. It's time to say enough is enough, to stand up and to fight against this tyranny, this evil that has engulfed our country and our nation. Stand up as a man, reject the lies, be an example to the woman around you, answer to no one but ourselves, and this corrupt government has gone rogue. We don't submit to it anymore. So in short, if you're a man, stand up. It's not the first time that the Prime Minister's performance has been criticised with an undercurrent of sexism. The nickname Cindy and Pretty Communist come to mind. To discuss, Dr Suze Wilson from Massey University recently wrote an opinion piece in the conversation around this issue. Uh, and she is with us now. Dr Wilson, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Janet and Max. When you hear that, what do you hear? Um, kind of voices from the medieval era, honestly, um, where you know women should be kept tame and under under the control of men. And you know the government has had to enact some difficult and controversial policy decisions. We all understand that, but there's just this really clear undercurrent of resentment that it's a woman who is leading these decisions, and <clears throat> a lot of people, not only men, some women too just really object to that because the kind of ideal concept of a, of a leader is, is a masculine ideal. Are we seeing a rise in anti-woman sentiment, do you think, Dr Wilson? Uh, yes, and it's not just a matter of opinion. The National Council of Women Gender Attitudes survey shows uh, that more conservative views about the kinds of roles that women should have, including leadership roles, have been on the rise over the last five to six years. So it's, it's a clear and established trend and because we are in a situation where a lot of people are feeling stressed that's now coming out in more and more aggressive and violent ways mm. Let's uh, bring our panellists in Janet Wilson um, Suze, I'm, I'm interested in this whole idea about the traditional trope of woman as evil seductress um, uh, and also the idea that in that, in that tape they're talking about standing up but they don't say what they're standing up for so it, it's it's almost like we've got to stand up for the right ideas, but what are those right ideas? It's misogyny, well, isn't it? Yes, I mean, what they're really doing is standing up against equality of opportunity. They're standing up against women having a chance to mm. have our say and to influence the direction of the country, and they want us back in the kitchens. Yeah, yeah. Protecting our... We've got to protect our women, they say. Yes, it's a very patronising... Um, perspective. It's it's kind of all tied up with this notion that somehow women are weak and vulnerable and that yeah. what we need is men to, to protect us. Um, and what, so what the research 
shows us is like everyone's got kind of a their own mental model of, of what a good leader looks like. And those mental models are very gendered. And that's because we grew up hearing stories about princes rescuing maidens from, from castles, right? Um, and, you know, popular culture is infused with these, these kind of hero images of, of men as leaders. And so when a woman is actually in a leadership role, and this is what we've got now with Ardern, but, you know, um, Clark and Shipley are also on record as talking about the sexism they, they suffered. It just doesn't compute for some people that he she is in a role issuing instructions, issuing directives, and, and so they can't um, accept any of those instructions and decisions as being fair or reasonable or helpful. They just rebel against them. Uh, Max Harris. Yeah, Dr Wilson, uh, thanks so much for sharing the, the research, and I th- think you sort of answered the question I had, which was... Um, do you think there's an element here of um, a sort of long overdue rebalancing of power then being painted out as kind of loss of power by, by this group of men in this video? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the really sad thing, isn't it? Is that you can see that, that, that men who are holding to this view are feeling like somehow they're being disadvantaged in an unfair fashion if women rise up. But, you know, equality is not about some people rising at the expense of other people falling back. It's about everyone having, you know, the same chance to to succeed in life, to be taken seriously, to not be subjected to double standards or prejudice and discrimination. So, and again, the research is really clear. In, in companies and countries where there is greater equality, people are happier. Not just women, but all people are happier. So, you know, if they could just kind of not be quite so threatened when women are assertive and making decisions, they'd, they'd find actually it's better for, for all of us. No. And as a person who does research around this issue, Dr. Wilson, I mean, uh, it was uh, an opinion piece in the conversation and it was really widely uh, shared and regarded. Um, what responses did you have to that article you wrote? <laughs> um, fairly predictable, to be honest. Um, so probably... Um, about 10% just outright crazy, um, about 60% hostile and 90% of that from men and probably about 30% supportive. Um, Good can I grief. Jump in? Hang on, hang on. Let me just, so 10% crazy, 60% hostile and th- just 30% supportive? Yeah, that, I mean, that's in terms of stuff that's come directly to me by email or stuff that people are posting on my LinkedIn Account. Can, um, can I just jump in here? Can I things, just jump in? Uh, um, Suze, finish what you're saying, and then Janet wants to um, come come in again. Suze, please. So one of the things I'm really noticed about the justification is people are saying it's because you know our journalists on X, Y, and Z that I feel really angry about that this is happening. And my response to that is, I get that you're angry, but. That's no justification to resort to sexist slurs. That's no justification to resort to misogynistic behaviour. And if you are justifying that, you're actually falling prey to kind of the the defence of domestic abusers and rapists everywhere, which is that she's asking for it. And she is not asking for it. She has made it Mm. very clear that she finds this behaviour repugnant, as anybody Mm. would. Yes. Um, The reaction you've had, Dr Wilson from this article suggests to me that this 
you said that the the gender attitude survey showed traditional views on leadership and gender are, are on the rise. But it shows me mm -hmm. that it's actually far deeper than what we would have anticipated. Yes. Um, I mean, I think any woman who's held a leadership role has, you know, we know that we're always, if you like, walking a tightrope, okay? If we're too assertive, we get told that we're bossy and that we're, in other words, starting with B, right, which I probably shouldn't say yeah. on national radio. And on the other hand, if we're nice and engage in traditional feminine behaviours of being supportive and caring and that sort of thing, we don't get taken seriously as a leader. So we're always walking the tightrope, and there's a big body of research around that. It's called the double bind. Um, and Adun, you know, like every other woman prime minister we've had, is, is trying to walk that tightrope very carefully. But by emphasising care, care for people, which is, you know, the obviously logical thing to do in a pandemic where people's lives are at risk, she is not taken seriously. She's seen as a weak leader. And then when she is assertive and firm around policies that, again, are intended to try to keep people safe, she gets, you know, harangued for being um, inflexible, cold, uncaring, and, you know, various other words that people are directing at her. So, you know, <laughs> like most women in leadership, she's damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. It's, it's mm -hmm. a very difficult situation, and we need to... People need to understand why that's happening, and it's because of these, you know, unconscious beliefs that that come into play. And so, any time a woman is in a leadership role, people are scrutinising her. They're not judging her on the same standards that they would judge a male leader. Thank you for being with us, uh, Dr. Wilson. That is Suze Wilson there from Mass University.